0: we Hello everybody, Dr. Rick Wallace here dropping in on you. I hope that everything is going well on your end. Um, I dropped in uh, while I was on the move yesterday and shared with you uh, my sentiments as far as what was taking place in DC uh, with white uh, radical extremists. And uh, I I use that term, uh, significantly. Uh, I use that term uh significantly and people say well isn't that kind of redundant to say radical extremist? And from where I'm sitting, no. Uh I want to associate radical and extremist with the word white, because it's being done with us uh Black extremist groups. And I'm like, do we even have those? I'm pretty sure we do. uh But they're not prevalent in the sense of what's taking place on a social level, on an economic level, on a political level, at least not at this particular point. So yes, I am being redundant technically, but in reality, no, they are radical extremists. Uh, And they happen to be white and uh, all of this matters. Um, And so I said I would come on and I would do a live. um, And hopefully you guys will join in and, um, you know, share your sentiments while we do this. I'm doing it a little different. I'm not actually doing the live from uh, YouTube as I normally do. I'm actually doing it. Uh, from my Zoom account because I'm setting up some things for future uh, interviews and conversations with some other minds that I plan on bringing on to uh, share with you guys from their level uh, and area of expertise. And so uh, this is somewhat of a practice run. So if you see me kind of looking around, it's because I've got both screens going. Uh, I'm looking at the live feed where there's no delay from zoom, but I also have up the the channel display of what you guys are seeing And so that I can see if anybody chimes in to uh, To uh, uh, Make a comment in the uh, the chat The chat uh area so work with me a little bit as we move through this obviously as i uh, familiarize myself with it it'll be a lot smoother uh but you guys have been around for a while i think you guys uh uh help me uh help me out and help me get through this okay there we go all right Be Blaze, what's going on, man? Uh, let's see. OK, uh, before we get started, you know, while I have streamed, I mean, uh, streamlined a lot of the things we do because of the lack of resources, I made that announcement before the end of the year. Uh, there's still work to be done that still help that we need and i would love to get those programs up and run back up and running at full speed uh this year but it, again it will be contingent upon receiving the support that we need to make it happen uh i've already explained the ins and outs of that i'm not going to get into it today but i did want to uh let you know that the way that you can support that information is going to be consistently shared Uh, Throughout the channel and throughout uh, lives and recorded uh, videos. So here we go. For those of you who may be totally disconnected from what's going on, and that's not a bad thing. Sometimes you got to unplug. Uh, You have to be willing to step away from all this. It'll drive you mad. It'll drive you crazy. It'll have you depressed and frustrated and angry all the time. I think it was James Baldwin to say to be Black and be somewhat conscious in America is to be in a constant state of rage. And so sometimes you may need to unplug. So for those of you who have unplugged and don't know what's going on, on yesterday, uh, Congress was to... Uh, cast its vote to confirm uh, the election of Joe Biden, which was basically to ratify uh, the electoral votes that says that Joe Biden is the president. And it was to take place yes take place yesterday. And a group of radical white right wing extremists uh, stormed the Capitol building, literally took over the first floor for sure. I know they were outside certain chambers. They actually made it into the uh, uh, the seating floor of the House of Representatives. I saw that. Uh, it was, you know, something something to behold in the sense of the way America attempts to present itself and what we're starting to see uh, unfold uh, as w- groups of white people uh, begin to believe that their privilege is slipping away from them and the way they're going to behave and react and that's kind of what i want to sit here and talk about i shared with you while i was uh uh believe on the way to pick up my son i shared with you um my perspective on what's going on i'm gonna recap that and then i'm gonna tell you uh more importantly what i expect us to do or what i would advise us to do and then I'll be done with this. Again, um, if you have anything you want to share, uh, definitely do so. But look, here's where we're at. There's a lot going on. Um, no matter what side of the the, the, the fence you're sitting on, uh, you've got to understand something. We are extremely polarized in this country. What I mean is there's an extreme... Left side, extreme right side, and we have never been further apart than we are now. Um, and there's so many different games being played uh, that you know it's no way that I can visit all of that today. And that's not why I'm here. But what we have to look at is what's going on now is simply the play out of the shift in 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 in, in the reality of what's going on. No empire lasts forever. First and foremost all empires fall. America has been a superpower for a few years, has been substantial for almost a century, or a little over a century, has been substantial in the world, uh, influence and view, and has been the preeminent superpower uh, since the 80s at the fall of the Soviet Union, and has been a superpower since World War II. And so, What we have to look at is so many things shift over time and things happen. The Roman Empire failed, the Greek Empire failed, the Persian Empire failed, the Babylonian Empire failed. All of these empires that preceded what we're looking at now uh, at, at, at one point in time imploded almost always because of something they were doing. It just simply is there's an arrogance that comes with being a superpower, especially when you are a preeminent superpower, when there's no one to truly hold you in check. You know, yeah, there's China and there's Russia. Um, but all things uh, said, they are growing in strength, and I see child China as being the next. Uh, major superpower. uh, Things keep going the way they're going. Uh, There's a lot of things at play though. And that's the reason gas prices are being played with and fluctuated so much because it impacts China and Russia. And so all these games are being played. Uh, Here's my thing. When it comes down to what happened yesterday, that's white folks attacking white folks, black folks chill out Stand, stay away from them as much as possible, because this is what I anticipate. I anticipate as things get closer to uh, the inauguration that what you're going to see are more desperate extremists looking for a way to express themselves. Uh, while most of their anger is going to be aimed at other white people and other white power structures who they blame for what is happening to them the way they see it, you never know how they're going to feel as far as you're concerned. I'm not saying live in fear. I'm not saying walk and behave in behavior fear. I'm saying be very vigilant and don't put yourself in unnecessary harm. Don't put yourself in harm's way unnecessarily. Do what you gotta do, be where you have to be, but be very aware of the fact that the world as you knew it no longer exists and people are extremely engaged in doing. They're not like us. They're not going to go into their communities and, and tear it up. They're not going to uh, rant and rage and set st- stuff on fire in their neighborhood. They're going to aim their anger at who they believe did it, and they're going to unleash. And for whatever reason, if there's a group that believes that uh, blacks and immigrants and and all this here has something to do with what they perceive to be their suffering, they will um respond accordingly. That's something they've proven. I said this yesterday. I wish that blacks could take a page from this. Um, I don't think it was anywhere effective, but it sent a message. And maybe in that sense, it was effective. It sent a message that this isn't the old America, that we're not afraid of you, and that if you don't do what we think you should be doing, we're going to make you feel us. Now, that was the physicality of it. I don't know what the strategies are. What I do know is there were no militias involved. These were basically unarmed people storming a place that was heavily unsecured, uh, immensely and significantly unsecured all things considered uh, leading up to it. If you're telling people to stay in, if you're telling people to stay away, you've got to think something's happening. Why didn't you have a greater uh, security presence? a police presence or whatever presence you need to protect the building. Um something to think about. Here's here's the thing. Uh if I'm not mistaken, they went ahead, the vote was confirmed. Biden is officially recognized as the incoming president now. Um and Trump is the outgoing president. There's even talks about using uh I believe it's the 25th amendment to take Trump out of office early. Uh, And that's being discussed from what I understand by members of his own cabinet. Um, There's a lot going on with that. Uh, Those of you who know me know that I don't have... uh, I should be looking over here. Um, I didn't know that many people had chimed in. I'm sorry. Uh, Hey, everyone. Uh, Look, uh, what you got to understand is... 74 million people voted for Trump in the state of Georgia, where there was this intense race for two Senate seats simultaneously, which Dems took both seats, so took a historically red state and completely flipped it to both senators in the state are now Democrat. And I can tell you for a fact, that's not going over well. Uh, I don't think we've heard the end of it, but outside of Georgia, you have 74 million Americans across, almost completely half, that are registered to vote, that voted for Trump. Now, it doesn't matter what side you're on. I'm not telling you what side to be on. Uh, I don't trust Biden or Trump, never have, don't like either one of them. Uh, I know their histories. I definitely know Biden's uh, political history has not fared well for Blacks, but I also know trump's personal history uh it's not somebody i trust it's not somebody that i believe has blacks best interests at hand um but i'm not one of those foolish people that's sitting up and going oh my god look what trump has done dude's been in office four years uh and we act like we didn't start suffering in this country until trump arrived It's it's amazing how the media can write a narrative about what's going on in your world and you buy into it because we've been conditioned to receive what the media gives us without questioning it, without sitting down and actually applying reason and rationale, critical thought. And so we'll sit around and we'll go, man, yeah, Trump's asshole, Trump did as well. Shit. So it was every other president, nobody, he's not different. He's just not seasoned as a politician and he says what the hell is on his mind the way he feels. and he doesn't care how it comes across and he doesn't mind challenging. He is a narcissist. There's no doubt about the fact that he's highly narcissist, but that's that 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 has no bearing on me as a black man, though. His narcissism doesn't harm me. I've got to be real frail for his narcissism and how he talks and what he says to harm me. I'm not worried about bigots in America. I'm worried about racists in America. There's a difference. A bigot is a person that hates a person because they're different. A racist is a person that has the power to use that hate, to to, to, to actually act on that hate and has the position in power. Those are the people I'm concerned about. I'm, I'm concerned about the politicians in Washington, D.C. who have the power to either change policy or sustain policy that impacts me. I'm concerned about the people who control the banking systems. I'm concerned about the people who manipulate and control real estate prices. I'm, I'm concerned about those. People. I don't care what somebody hates me. If all they have is the same means to harm me as I have to them, I don't consider them a threat because I think I'm pretty good at defending myself and my family. I'm worried about the things that are so huge that it doesn't just impact me, it impacts all the people who look like me. And those are the things that I focus on. So when I look at this thing, yeah, Trump's an asshole, but I look at 40 years of Biden policy after policy, screwing the hell out of black people. So I don't trust him either. So this isn't about me coming in on one side of the fence. This is about me coming in and saying, look, right now what you have are white people blazing other white people, ain't our business. This is one of those times where we actually need to step back and be still. I know I'm always talking about action. I'm always talking, but the one thing that I do would like to say is, They aimed their anger at who they were angry at. They weren't tearing up their own hood. They weren't out there burning their own hood, looting stores. Now, I know a lot of stores that are looted in the hood. We don't own, and so, oh, well. But what I'm saying is they're not in their hood. They're going directly to the ones they're angry with and making them feel it directly. Do you know that there's a level of trauma that goes with... I'm in here in this cushy little place that I always come into to cast my vote as a congressman and as a senator, and all of a sudden you hear, we got to get you to a bunker. We've been breached, and you have to stay in that bunker for four hours. That alone had impact. That sent a message that this isn't the old America. You don't get to sit in your cushy little seat and have nothing happen while you do whatever the hell you want to. We're coming. Okay, that's the first wave. Those were unarmed. A bunch of them were in freaking wheelchairs. The others climbing walls. These were the light version of what's possible. And here's the thing. Because they did not want the nation's capital to be claimed by any one state, they created the District of Columbia. Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, is not a state, and so it doesn't belong to any of the 50 states that currently are part of the United States, but here's the problem with that. Normally, when there's a problem arising where there's a security area, a security issue, uh, the governor can activate the National Guard. Well, in D.C., there's no governor, and the mayor doesn't have the power to do it guess who the power resides with? The president. So it's, it's hilarious to sit up and watch what's going on. But this, again, are white people attacking white people. Black people sit back, chill, observe. And this is where we should be strategizing. This is where we should be thinking about what our move is going to be, how we are going to establish ourselves actually as an actual influential force that we literally are going to reclaim our power. That's so much of our intellectual property that has been robbed of us, so much of our genius that has been robbed of us, so much of our wealth that has been extracted from us. How are we going to reclaim it? Strategically, how are we going to move? What are the possibilities of what's going on in Washington, what are some of the possible outcomes, we need to have think tanks examining what the possible outcomes are and how they impact us and how we should be moving and acting. You know, I mean that there, there's that there, there are times now where you need this is where you need double agents, you need somebody that's in there saying hey man I'm with you, but really working for us, you know they've done it to us for so long that's what Pro was. So What we have to really actually look at now is it's time to stop emoting or acting emotional, uh, acting off of our emotions. It's time for us now to sit up and say, you know what? This is what we have to do. Think about it in a logical, rational, and calculative sense. The next step is... We need to develop a list of protocols that govern our behavior in any situation. That way, when we get hit with something, we're not acting from emotion. We're acting for what our responsibilities based on those protocols are. If this happens, this is what you do. Anybody that has a company, anybody that's running an organization and doing effectively has a list of protocols that covers the contingencies that may happen within any particular situation. And when that happens, people immediately respond by following protocol. What protocol does is it gives you a direct act based off of knowledge, experience, and observation of what the best course of action will be in any given situation and in that protocol what also happens is if i'm in the protocol and i do what the protocol say and things still don't turn out right it covers me to say i didn't act out of line i did what i was supposed to do and this was the outcome the same thing when you're acting with protocols you're saying i'm acting on the best behalf of everyone involved And whether the outcome is is the desired outcome or not, I did what I was supposed to do. And if it doesn't work, then we sit back down, we go back into our think tanks, and we determine, okay, in that situation that didn't work, do we know why it didn't work? Okay, if we know why it didn't work, then what do we do about it? How do we change it? How do we make adjustments? It's a growing process. We are so far behind the curve, we're going to have to go through these different phases of growth and and, and develop it into a force that can be reckoned with. We are gonna have to reach a point in which we can make our presence felt. And until we reach that point, we are at a disadvantage because all of the mechanisms are controlled by someone else, the finance market. So we can't play the game with, we can't play the game the way they play it and win. It was never created for us to win. You're wondering why you can never get ahead because it wasn't designed for you to get ahead. Now they'll dance some of the exceptions to the rule. They'll dance them in front of you, and they'll they'll um, they'll they'll dance some of them in front of you, and say, "Man, well, if they made it, you know, what's wrong with you?" And they don't look at the contextual uh environment or the context or the reality of the narrative of the story that says this is why they were able to circumvent it and this is why you can't and see the thing is i tell people all the time i've always said this as long as i remain an anomaly among my people i have failed to liberate my people as long as what I have accomplished and what I have done and what I can do is not what all my brothers and sisters can do with equal effectiveness, then I have not functioned at a level that liberated my people. That's my legacy. My goal is to leave a legacy that liberates my people, that people are able to be successful, not in the American idea, Of success, but in the success, in the idea of I'm living the best life I desire to live without any um, hindrances or without any hindrances that I'm not able to uh, effectively overcome. That is what I'm leaving for my children. That is what I'm leaving for my grandchildren. That is what I'm leaving for my community and my race. Is that you are po- it's possible, but you got to get outside of the narrative being written. You got to learn how to tell your own story. You got to learn how to write your own story. You got to learn how to see what's around you, evaluate it, and move accordingly. We have to truly effectively educate our, our kids, our, our, our progeny. Our offspring, our next generation, we talk all the time about our children being our future, but are we preparing them to be such? And we talk about education all the time, but do we truly understand what education means? When I wrote The Miseducation of Black Youth in America, what, six years ago? Uh, One of the things that I defined was true education. Education is far more than what you can achieve academically. And see, that's the problem. We've allowed them to define education and then put us in their system. I believe it was Malcolm X that told us only a fool will trust the educating of their children to their enemy. And so this is what we look at, are our kids truly being educated? No, true education, authentic education, holistic education is this, it's the preparation and empowerment of our youth to grow up into adults who can go out into a world that is inherently hostile towards them and not only compete, but win. If we have not prepared our kids to go out into a world that's designed to hold them back and put themselves in a situation where they can override the mechanism that holds them back to excel. And I don't mean one or two. We got that now. We got some brilliant minds doing some extraordinary things and they'll constantly throw it in front of us and well, what they're doing it. Well, they, they they made it through the net some kind of way. The net still exists. I want to cut the net. So when I look at what's happening in DC right now, what I see is the following apart of a system that's held my people back. I'm not trying to stop that. I'm not trying to. Why? Because it's never served me. It's never served me nor my people. So why am I upset? Because it's falling apart. I've got to look at it and say, okay, my people have been in last place, despite being the inventors of most of the stuff that we enjoy, despite being the people who set the stage, despite being the people who put this country in the economic position it is in now through free label and and, and, uh marginalized pay through convict leasing and mass incarceration and the robbing of wealth through redlining and so many other financial practices that held blacks at bay and would not allow them from the burning down of towns like Rosewood and and Tulsa and, and, and Slocum, Texas and Wilmington, uh North Carolina. And in, 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 in so many areas in the Midwest, and St. Louis, and in Indiana, all these different places that we hear about that were, I mean, just overflowing with abundance and they were burnt down, they were raided, they were rotted. Any excuse used to sit up and do that? Okay, so what do we do? That's the question. That's why we have to sit down. Dr. Claude Anderson, uh, who has the Harvest Institute. Uh, which is a think tank that puts a lot of work into understanding the plight and the challenges of Black people. That's one think tank. We'll, we're, we're taking our one or two think tanks that we have and compare it, compare it to the 1,200 to 1,600 think tanks that they literally have to sit down and actually figure out how they're going to screw us and hold us at bay, how they're going to maintain their power. Which, what you have to understand, and I've said this many times, is that what we're really dealing with is elitism. Elitism is the protection of the wealthy elite and racism is simply the guardian of the gate. Racism was something that was created to be a buffer between the poor and the wealthy and race just happened to be the easy way to determine because, hey, you can look at people and hold them back and then you give one particular group that has a direct relationship to the elite. Most wealthy elite are white. So then you take the white race and you give them privilege. And you give them a notion that just by being white, they're better than everybody else. And then they fight the war for you. That's what we've been doing. It used to be a battle between poor and the rich. There were times that white, white poor people fought alongside slaves to rebel. They won't talk about that. How did they stop it? They gave them privileges that anyone other than whites couldn't have. They gave them a notion and an idea just by being white, you're better than them, no matter how much money you have. It it, it, it was a joke when he did it, but I knew he was serious when he was saying it, but it was just the way he delivered it. Chris Rock said this 20 something years ago. I want to say somewhere like 26, 26 years ago. Chris Rock did, what was it, Bigger and Blacker? And he said that, how did he put it? There's not a white man in America that would trade places with me and I'm rich. Think about it, that's the power of privilege. No white man wants to be a black man, no matter how rich the black man is and no matter how poor the white man is because privilege privilege in and of itself is seen as power. I'm associated with the power class, even though I'm poor. And you'll see poor white people living in some of the most degraded areas, talk to you like you're trash. And think they're better than you because that's what society has created. And so all of these things have to be considered when we're looking for strategies through which we can rise up and overcome what we're doing. Can it be done? Absolutely. Is it going to be easy? no not even close it's going to be immensely different difficult it's going to be painstaking this is what i said i'm going to end it with this and i thank you guys for being so awesome and stopping by i'm sorry that i haven't gotten a chance to uh check in with you guys but hello everybody to the true raw family man it's been a while hey what's going on uh miss uh i can't pronounce it jamil nanton nanton hey what's going on uh moral of this what it do uh, what's that, F- Fitterare Fitness, Omega Red, all you guys, thank you for stopping in. Look, uh, I'm gonna end on this note. This is something that I've said and, and, and I hold this to be true and it, it, it's simple. What we need now are black men and women who are willing to plant seeds that they may not live long enough to see come to fruition. We live in a world where everybody wants a pat on the back and to be acknowledged for what they do. We are very ego driven. So it's important for people to know I did that. And so what we look for are quick fixes that get our names out there. And people say, oh man, look what they're doing. But it has no longevity it has no state because it does not come from planning it in the ones who can actually finish the job. See, the thing is, we need some, we need a group of people that have not been inculcated with inferiority. Uh, ideas of inferiority that do not have inferiority complexes, that do not take an egocentric approach to the process of understanding self. Uh, The Eurocentric idea of what's beautiful, the Eurocentric idea of what's classy, the Eurocentric idea of what's professional, of what's this and what's that. We need someone with we need an entire group of people who know who they are. They're not suffering from an identity crisis. We need a group of people who understand uh, what's required of them. And they know beyond a shadow of a doubt who they are. They're not looking outside of themselves for validation. They know they're beautiful. They know they're powerful. They know they're smart. They know they're exceptional. And how we have to do that is by planting the seed in the babies and then covering the babies until the seed takes root and grows, and then it comes out. And what that means is you as a person may have to plant seeds in young babies that you will not live long enough, see, come to fruition and take hold and action. In other words, you may not live to see the liberation in its totality. but you've got to be willing to be the catalyst of the origin, of the beginning, and you've got to be okay with the fact that your legacy is actually living on in the seeds you planted. You may not get your pat on the back now. You may not get people to acknowledge who you are now. Some of my academic colleagues and friends, one of my closest friends, Dr. Michael Blanchard, uh, we have consulted with one another uh, for years, uh pro- what man oh shoot years we have consulted one another, we have talked, we have had conversations, we have sk- uh, shared and uh scholarship and had debate and dialogue and and one of the things that Dr uh Blanchard has told me on more than one occasion he says, doc, my biggest concern is that our people won't know who you are and just how impactful you have been until you're gone. And my response to him has been, I'm good with that. It's not about somebody saying, you're that dude to me. It's about being that effective that somewhere down the line, people will look back and say, man, he was on it. And because he was on it, look at where we're at. That's all for me. I don't need to be praised. My I know how to serve my own ego. I know who I am. I don't need anybody to tell me who I am. I don't need anybody to to pat me on my back to know what I am and how good I am at what I do. I didn't get to where I'm at by being uh, vulnerable to the opinions of minimal minded people. So I don't need nobody to tell me who I am. So that allows me to go out and do things without worrying about whether or not it's popular. If you notice, I don't do a whole lot of popular stuff. That's why I only have five thousand some subscribers because I'm not out there trying to get people to like me. I'm bringing the truth. I'm bringing the heat. I'm bringing unadulterated realness to this to this to this to this narrative, and I'm challenging. So I make a lot of people uncomfortable. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I gave up the popular thing twenty years ago. I realized that wasn't going to serve me in the long-term desires I had. So my thing is we need to plant seeds that we may not live long enough to see come to fruition. And we need to do the job after we've planted to nurture, to cultivate, to cover so that the negative doesn't infiltrate, the lie doesn't infiltrate, and we protect it until they become strong enough to protect it themselves then we just turn them loose Hmm. something that I learned my grandmother told me this a long time ago and I guess it's an old saying because I see it everywhere now Uh, but she told me one time when I came in I was nine years old uh, coming in from school and they had started a rumor about me and I was just really really frustrated and hurt and I wanted her to tell me how to make them stop and she says you don't Fight a lie by hollowing Lie, lie, lie. She said, "Let let the life that you live speak for you. Let people observe you living and make up their mind on who you are. Stop trying to convince people. And she says, let me tell you something. This is how powerful the truth is. It's like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Turn it loose. It'll defend itself. And I've heard it a many, million different ways since then uh but it just sit with me. You know, you spend so much time trying to convince somebody of who you are and if they've made up in their mind that you're something else, there's nothing you're going to do to convince them of that. You got to learn how to be okay with yourself so that you can do what you're required to do and what's necessary for you to do. So in essence, what I'm what I'm what I'm challenging you to do is to rise up and be everything that you can possibly be. Be a part of the solution. Be a part of the solution. Finally, don't forget, show some love, show some support. How you can support uh, the work that we're doing from the research that I do on a regular basis, you'd be surprised the amount of research that I do and the cost of the research. Uh, the research, the program development, and like I said, the programs that we had to scale back at the end of the year because of lack of resources, I would love to get them back up and going, but we will have to have the resources. I can no longer self fund it. Uh, it's just, it's you know, it's just not realistic, especially with everything going on with COVID and being self employed. Um, you know, things get tough, and there's no guarantee fallback for me. I have to produce revenue. There's no clocking in and getting paid it's it's producing revenue and so that's the thing you know i love my people and want to fight for my people but i've got to do it more responsibly uh moving forward but show your love uh do your thing if you believe in what we're doing like i said the black man lee right of passage restoring ghettos forgotten daughters dealing with you know all the issues that our black women and black girls are dealing with from rape incest molestation domestic violence Um, and so much more, uh, Black Black Man Lead is about properly socializing young Black males to to truly step into Black manhood, to cover our women, protect our women, love our women, to build businesses, to walk together instead of warring against one another, and so much more dealing with the violence uh, that's a part of uh, our communities, all of that. Show some love. As I always say, I'm going to live my life on full. So that when I leave this place, I die on E. I'm going to challenge you to do the same thing. On that note, I'm out of here. You guys have an unbelievable day.